0: It is good to see each and every one of you. Great things are happening here. And I believe that God's up to even bigger and greater things. Don't you believe that? I believe it today because He is an awesome God. And uh, I just pray each one of you would be encouraged. Each one of you through the ministry of the music, testimonies, and through the preaching of the Word. Would truly just grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ because that's what God desires. So as we begin, let's bow for prayer. Almighty God, we bow this morning, we thank you for your love, your goodness, how great you are. And we just want to worship you. We have been made to worship you, O God, and we pray today by your grace and by your spirit that you would truly make it possible for us to enter into your presence, into the Holy of Holies, O Lord. And we ask and invite you, Holy Spirit of God, come. We need you. We're asking for you to Come. And I ask that you would touch every person in this place this day. Those who are not with us. Even now, surround them with your presence and your love. We praise you. We lift your name on high. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. But by faith, because God said that his word will not return void, but it will go forth and accomplish everything that God set out for it to accomplish. I believe the word of God. Do you? I believe God's promises are for us today. They're yes and amen. I believe that when God speaks it, that settles it. I believe by faith that God said he does these things and he blesses us abundantly. And I've been blessed abundantly. Whether in the good times or what I may perceive to be good times. Or whether not in sometimes the challenging times. Now, a lot of you say, but I don't feel that. Well, your feelings are fickle. Your feelings you cannot base truth on. Truth is truth. And God's word never changes. God's word is for today. It is relevant for today. And when we look at Noah's faith, I want to tell you, there's some things I believe that I've learned, and I know you can learn also. And the first thing is, is that Noah's faith was grounded on the word of God. And we look here in chapter 11 of verse 7. Look at what it says. Verse 7 says, by faith Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And then if you'll hold your place there and turn over to Genesis chapter 6, the first book of the Bible, of course. Genesis chapter 6. And we'll look at verses 11 through 21. This is God warning Noah, warning the earth that these things are going to take place. Look at verse 11 of Genesis chapter 6. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with wickedness. And God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature had corrupted its ways on the earth. Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness. Because of them, therefore, I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and out. That's that kind of like the tar. This is how you are to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long. Seventy-five feet wide and forty-five feet high. You are to make a roof, finishing the sides of the ark to within eighteen inches of the roof, and you are to put a door in the side of the ark. Make it with lower, middle, and upper decks. Understand that I am bringing a flood, flood waters on the earth, to destroy every creature under heaven with the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives. You are also to bring into the ark two of all the living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of everything, from the birds according to their kinds, from the livestock according to their kinds, and from the animals that crawl on the ground according to their kinds, will come to you so that you can keep them alive. Take with you every kind of food that is eaten. Gather it as food for you and for them. And Noah did this. He did everything that God had commanded him. Noah's faith was grounded on the word of God. It's saying here that the nature of the people were as wicked as you could come. So God gave a warning. You know, we live in a time where there are warning lights. There's a flashing warning light there when we go through, a caution light, we call it. We also have warnings about the possibility of terroristic uh, actions or things that could be, take place. We take heed to that. Airports now obviously give warnings. Uh, there are flood warnings, which we've heard that beep, beep, beep on the TV. We've all heard that. It's warnings. It's warnings. It's a flood warning, and so that's basically saying that there is a strong potential that there is going to be a pl- flood. And so God was giving the people here and giving Noah a warning. And God was perfectly justified in destroying these people without any warning. But God had no desire to see his creation destroyed. His desire is that all men come to repentance. And so, in one way or another, if we understand this, is that I believe it grieved the heart of God to do this, but it was no other way. And certainly we know that uh, we're living in a society today that grieves the heart of God because of the uh, people who've strayed away and the depravity that we see in man's heart. Utter wickedness like we've never seen, certainly in my lifetime, I'm sure you could say the same thing. But God has given us a warning here today. God is saying that we need to be watchful. We need to get ready. Because Jesus could come back at any moment. And after that, obviously, we know that certainly things are going to really take place and escalate real quickly after that into a situation, as it's called the tribulation, like we have never known before. It's going to be horrible. God has given us a warning. He gave Noah a warning. And all that Noah had to go on was God's word. It says, not yet seen. Because you see, Noah had never seen rain, much less a flood. And yet God told him that it was going to rain so hard that it would flood, it would cover the earth there. And it's difficult to believe a warning about something that you've never seen before. It's difficult to really pay attention to those things, isn't it? In fact, especially when you get warning after warning after warning and nothing happens. Well, in this case, actually, Noah built for what, 120 years? It was 120 years he started. And yet, Noah had nothing to go on but God's word. And all that Noah had to go on was God's word for both judgment and for salvation. He had no evidence, none whatsoever And that which God said could or would happen. And even if the judgment did come, he had to trust that God's plan for salvation was going to work. Noah had never seen a boat. In fact, he was a farmer. He was not a shipbuilder. He was a farmer. And God pulled him out and said, Build this huge ship here. And all he had to go on was God's word. But for Noah, that was enough. Let me tell you today, we've talked about it here in this church is that many churches today have strayed from the truth, from the Word of God. Many have actually uh, have said, this is not really for today. I really don't believe this and that. And one of the chapters in the Bible that many today are rejecting is Romans chapter 1. And when they say what they say, I want to say, have you read the book of Romans? Theological foundation for who God is and so forth, especially chapter 1. And many people today neglect it. Even churches today neglect the Word of God. Churches today are not speaking and preaching the purity of God's Word. They're doing things that are directly opposite of what God word, God's Word tells them to do. And so we see today that many have strayed away. They have not trusted in God's Word here. You remember what happened when the disciples were fishing there and, and uh, they weren't catching fish and Jesus told them, he said, we'll throw the net on the other side and so forth. And what did they do? They said, because you say so, we're going to do it. And what happened? They were blessed with all this abundance of that catch and so forth. You also, you remember the other stories in the Bible. You remember the the little boy with the, the two fishes and the loaves and all. And feeding the thousands there and so forth. That didn't look like that anything could happen under those circumstances. This is impossible, but because Jesus said so. They did it, and look what happened. It's the same with you and I today. Either we believe the Word of God, or we don't believe the Word of God. Either we believe that every word here is inerrant and infallible, or we don't believe it. Or maybe we can sort of select and so forth, and maybe kind of tear out those pages that we really don't agree with, or maybe we don't understand, or maybe it confronts us just a little bit too heavy, and we don't want to be able to allow the Spirit of God to change us. You see, we do the same thing. But Noah did not do that. You know, a lot of these stories in the Bible is that they went against their senses. And they told them that because Jesus said so, we're going to do it. Remember Peter got out of the boat? Jesus said, you know, Peter said, if it's you, Lord, let me come to you. And Jesus said, come. He got out of the boat and he walked towards Jesus. He's walking on the water. And remember what happened? He began to look at the waves, possibly. And this is one explanation of what happened. And he began to lose faith and so forth. And he sunk down. But what did Jesus do? He didn't let him drown. He went over and picked him up. And he's like, this is a testing for our faith today. Whether or not we're going to believe in what Jesus tells us or whether or not we aren't. We're going to go do our own thing. Maybe we're going to have a social gospel. You see today, there are a lot of churches today saying, well, we do this and we do that and all that. Maybe it'll make us good enough to come before a holy God. And it never works because Jesus Christ is the only way to God. And that's what's happening today. Because of that old pride in our hearts. We don't want to submit our lives to anybody or anything. Anything under this. Because pride rises up. And our hearts become hardened. And people's hearts are hardened today. You know, but that's what faith is all about, isn't it? It's obviously doing what Jesus tells us to do here. And whenever you trust the source of a warning, it brings about a change in your life. Have you ever th- thought about that? Have you ever seen that happen? Noah trusted God completely. And because of God's warning... Noah's life would never be the same. When you trust God and you see the miracles of God, God does something in your life supernaturally, then your life and my life will never be the same. It encourages us because we're changed, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, from glory to glory. The second thing is, as Noah's faith changed the direction of his life here. Changed his life. There are two things in particular were changed in Noah's life by his faith. First of all, it changed his attitude about fear. You know, your beliefs and my beliefs control who we are. And when our, our, our beliefs are controlled by fear we will never do what God calls us to do. When we somehow fear men and what they'll say about us, we'll never do what God calls us to do. We'll never be obedient. We're afraid of what society will do. We'll never be the same. You know, you see people today standing up for our country. They're patriotic. You saw what happened here recently Why, by, by, by a girl, whether or not you agree with... Some of the political stuff or not, she stood up what she believed and she was pelted with eggs and she was bombarded by all this stuff and all, and all she had was a particular candidate's name on the back of her uh, particular jersey there. You stand up for what's right, what you believe in today, and let me tell you today, all hell will break loose on you. But you and I as Christians have to stand up for what is right. We have to stand up for our beliefs today. We have a right to be heard. We have a right to speak what we speak today. No matter whether or not we still have the First Amendment of the freedom of speech or not. We still stand up for what we believe in today. And we stand up and saying Jesus is Lord and He's coming back soon today. And when you begin to proclaim your faith today, you may not be real popular. You may have everything break loose against you. But we stand up, and this is what was happening today. You see, Noah did not fear people. What did he do? He preached to them. Noah feared God. We have to fear God more than we do people today. And Noah preached to him. He said, I'm going to preach. I've never seen rain. I've never seen a flood. And God is telling me to build this big, huge box, bigger than an aircraft carrier. And I don't understand this, but I'm going to do what God tells me to do because I believe the Word of God. And you and I have to come to a place in our hearts and go ahead and settle it as God's Spirit moves on you that we're going to do what God calls us to do no matter what. You know, you don't play around with medicine, do you? You know, today, bottles of medicine, you know, they've got all types of warnings on there. The whole thing is covered with all these labels and you're reading each one of them. And, you know, I put on my spectacles because the print's so small. And I look and I go, oh, you can't do this, you can't use this with that, and don't do this and so forth. I pay attention to that, do you? Well, we heed the warnings there. That's the way it was. But also, it changed Noah's actions. He built. Some people allow their fear to stifle their activity. But that's because they have the fear of men, not the fear of God. A fear of God always motivates us to activity. What if Noah had said, Oh God, I believe you're about to bring the coming judgment judgments and so forth but that gopher wood you told me to build it with you know i can't find any of that stuff and anyway it's too far off wouldn't you you rather use this wood over here and besides that lord i don't like the way that you're building this i want to build it with a jacuzzi i want to build it with with a pool here up on the top deck i want to do this lord and i want to build it with some windows on the side i want to see what's going on out there and so forth and what if noah had done that He didn't do it, did he? He did exactly what God told him to do, and he built it exactly according to the measurements that God told him to build it. It probably wasn't a real pretty sight. I think there's some uh, exhibits in different uh, uh, states here that they've tried to build one and so forth and all. But the real reality is, there were no lifeboats. There was no plan B. Noah's total faith and trust had to be in God God by himself and knowing that God was the only way to salvation and it's the same way with us today because many people I believe will stand before God Almighty and they'll say but God you know I thought there was another way I thought this and that I thought I could do this and maybe they'll try to explain their way out and they won't have Jesus there as their advocate to be able to say I'm trusting in your son Jesus Christ there's only one way to salvation there's no plan B Jesus is the only way Jesus Christ and Him crucified and resurrected. There's no other way except through Jesus Christ. You see, there wasn't a rudder. There wasn't any steering on this ship at all. Noah had no means of determining what direction the boat was going to go. He was at the mercy of God. And the reality is, you and I are at the mercy of God also. God is our rudder. He directs our paths. He's the one that directs us. You know that night of the flood up there here Friday week ago, I was talking about it and, and y'all know the water came right on up and I looked out the front and I said this stuff's coming on up. I said we're we're island here finally about two o'clock in the morning I'm up and down. Cindy was sleeping like a baby. <laughs> I went in and I looked and I thought I know I know she's I'm not gonna bother her but she said because I'd walk outside and some I had tennis shoes on. And when I walked back in, they squeaked on the tile. Squeak, 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 squeak. And finally she said, would you stop that squeaking? I said, yes, ma'am. She was sleeping like a baby. You know, you really don't know where you, how, how big your faith is until you're tested. You really don't know, do you? I don't know. I was being tested. I looked out there and... The water was coming up in the front and I said good we're safe the back's not coming up and that's where the big ravine was pretty soon I looked out there and gosh the water had come up halfway in the yard and was coming on I went oh no we're covered we're an island you know what my prayer was I've been praying and speaking against it I said Lord just keep it back don't let any damage come to the house keep the families here safe in this area and all and so forth but you know what my prayer ended up being have mercy on me oh Lord Have mercy on me. Noah was at the mercy of God. He couldn't direct that big boat. He had to go wherever God placed it to go. And if we'll trust God, he'll put us right where we want to be. If you want to be where he wants you to be. And you don't fight against him. You don't rebel against him. He'll put you, you are where you are today because God wants you to be where you are today. Let me tell you. And that is the truth. You're here today because God wants you to be here today. And He's got something for you. God is a God of abundance. And He blesses us. And I pray you'll be blessed each and every one. Noah, obviously, the ark was not built for style or grace or beauty or pleasure or maneuverability. But it was built for stability. It was built for survival. It was built to provide salvation for the human race here. Noah had to make a choice. He could either change God's plans or he could allow God's plan to change his life. That's the same with us. Do you want God's plan in your life? You want God's plan because when you get in on what God's doing, you're going to be changed. You cannot stay the same. God stays the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But we have to change because God is changing our lives. He's making us more like Jesus. Now, you say, but I don't feel like it, and I don't see it like it, and so forth. By faith. By faith. Remember what we're talking about? He's changing us, and he's doing it according to his plan here. As Noah built, the direction of his life changed further still. Noah not only built, he also preached. You know, Noah's neighbors, they probably started to notice that something was weird going on at Noah's house. They could tell he was building something, something real big. And, and probably one of them came over and was elected to go over and to see what was going on. And they said, hey, Noah, what are you building? Noah said, a boat. And the neighbor said, a boat? Well, there's no water around this place here at all. And, and so forth. And, and why in the world are you building a boat? And why are you building it so big? And Noah says, well, God told me that he's getting ready to destroy the world with a flood. I'm building this boat for my family, the animals of the earth, and anyone else who wants to come in. And what did they do? They laughed at him. They laughed at him. People today, I believe there's some prophetic words coming forth saying the church needs to get ready. I pay attention to that. I do not laugh at them. I test the word, obviously. Test the spirit. But I also say, heads up, church. Because God's given the church warnings today. He's given this country warnings today. And he said, unless you repent and return to me, let me tell you today, there is going to be judgment if it hasn't already begun. Have you noticed today that there are floods taking place in Europe? You notice that? What does this mean? I don't know. But I want to tell you today, I pay attention to the signs of the times. I pay attention to the things that are happening around me today because I believe that there could possibly be warnings from God. For 120 years, Noah built. Noah preached. And people laughed. But Noah kept on building. He kept on preaching there. And obviously, Noah probably could have said, Well if I just keep everything kind of this building stuff hidden and people won't laugh at me, if everything had been so public before the public eye here, but let me tell you today, is when you make your faith public before people, you know, we do baptisms here. We have the Lord's Supper here. We testify to God here. That's why we have that prayer time. We talk about Jesus. We do all these things in this place today, and we're making it public today, and we're telling the world where we stand today. We're telling people today that we believe in our God and we believe and know the signs of the times and we believe and have the world view today and know exactly the way it's going to happen because the Bible lines it out for us. It's exactly the way God is doing it and will continue to do it. We have it. make it public today. Let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let them see your works today. God is saying that he is saying a heads up here. And obviously when we do this publicly, something important happens. And I want to tell you, it solidifies our decision, but also people who witness it here. Making Noah's faith public gave Noah the opportunity to provoke faith in other people. When we testify to what God does, it stirs my faith. Does it stir yours? I love to hear. I love this. You know, we're sitting there in open worship and we're hearing scripture. Here we go. Oh, you just say this is what I feel. This is on my heart. And I say and I share that. And you hear the word permeating the airways. And what happens? It pierces our spirit, man. It goes in and edifies us. It encourages us today. What did I preach on last week? Faith. Faith. Okay. Faith. Okay. Darcy got it back here. And she's way back there in the booth. <laughs> Faith. Now, let me tell you. The reason I ask that is because sometimes you're going to know, what did he preach on? All oh, of you looked at me with a blank stare. Mm-hmm. And you thought, oh, gosh, he's calling me out. He's going to look at me and he's going to call me. No, I'm not going to embarrass you. Because sometimes I don't remember, but let me tell you who does. Your spirit man, the spiritual part of you. You see today, by faith, it is by faith. And the Word of God goes forth and touches you, fills you, and just encourages you, edifies you. That's what the Word of God does. It may obviously convict you. Whatever it may be, it's by faith. Your spirit man did. So what I say today is not what I say, but what God says. Because what he says is going to change your heart and life. And he uses people and he's chosen that certainly. But it's ultimately what God's spirit says to you. And your spirit man is being edified as a result of that. We make it public here. Noah's public building of a boat gave him the opportunity to tell the world about the way of rescue that God had provided. Noah couldn't keep his faith a secret anymore. Faith is not just something that you have. It's something that you live by. In Hebrews 10, 30, it changes everything about your life. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Noah's faith did more than just impact his life on a daily basis. And it impacted more than just him personally because Noah's faith influenced every part of his world. It saved his family. His family was saved. Noah could not force his family to come into the ark. They had to make a decision. Actually, his family did also. But they had seen Noah's life. And we obviously, Noah was caught uh, drunk one time too. We know that. So he was not a perfect person, neither we. But people need to see your faith because people are looking at us today. And people may obviously follow Jesus as a result of your faith and my faith today. I want to tell you that really, that puts a different twist on it, doesn't it? People were watching us. His family did not have to go into that boat, but they did. Because no one can make any person come to Jesus. I can't make you live a life of faith in Jesus. That's a decision that each person must make for themselves. But I can put before you that option. I can declare to you the truth so that if you choose to live according to God's word, then you'll be saved and you'll grow in Christ. It's your choice of whether or not you're going to follow Jesus or not. I'm talking about following Jesus. I'm not talking about just an intellectual agreement. The enemy knows that Jesus is Lord. I'm talking about being disciples of Jesus, being followers of Jesus, as Jesus Christ, Lord of your life, in every area of your life. I can't make you make that decision. But I can put that option before you. But also we see it condemned his neighbors, condemned them. The Bible tells us that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. But when we refuse the truth, when we refuse to listen to the clink of the hammers building that boat for salvation, when the constant clinking in our hearts, we're listening to it and we say, no, 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 at some point, God's Spirit may somehow draw back and we won't be able to feel that conviction that God's Spirit brings in those people who have turned away time, And time again. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. We need to respond to the Lord. Obviously. There will be a judgment that's coming. People will obviously stand before God. Without Jesus. That's not God's desire. He wants all to come to repentance. But even as Noah was proclaiming God's coming judgment. He was building the way for them to escape that judgment. The same way with us. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't say, get cleaned up. Get everything out of your life that obviously you know is not really right. He said, come to me just as you are and surrender and give up. God will clean us up if we'll allow him to make that choice. God mercifully waited the whole time it took to build the ark before he poured out his judgment, a long time. You see, God is patient and he, he wishes none to come. He wishes all to come to repentance. None, obviously, to come under his condemnation. And I believe that's what staying in the hand of God in this situation we're in today with all the immorality today. You know what I heard here recently? The Washington State is now introducing an educational program for kindergartners. To begin teaching them about the transgender lifestyle. kindergartners, kindergartners, Okay. Washington State. Our country has turned. I'm telling you today, it is a spiritual problem. People say, I was born that way. I didn't know whether I was female or male. And I scratched my hand. I said, that can't be so. God made us female and male. some pastor said it recently said if you don't know what you are I'm going to say this please forgive me they said just look down one time you'll know who you are whether you're male or female Okay. (laughs) a pastor said that can you believe it and I repeated it I'm telling you it is obviously a spiritual issue and God is going to judge this country if we don't but God is building that ark and people right now are hearing the clinking of the hammers. And many are turning away and saying, no, I don't want any part of it. It made Noah righteous. He became heir. You see, it wasn't the fact that Noah built an ark or preached for the 120 years that gained righteousness for Noah. It wasn't works. It wasn't that he was sinless either. Remember, he did, was found drunk. It was Noah's faith in what God said that made him righteous before God. It was the fact that he was willing to change his mind about himself, his world, and his future based solely on the word of God because he walked by faith and not by sight. He believed God just like Abraham and he credited to him as righteousness. He believed God same way with you and I. We can say, well, there are many different ways to God and, you know, recently uh, just... Yesterday, Muhammad Ali died. I met personally with two other people in Lake Charles years ago. In 1982, Muhammad walked up, said I had a cup of coffee with him, shook his hand, and I knew something was wrong with him in 1982 when we walked away. He signed his autograph, started wanting to hit me, and I, 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 I moved out of the way. He kid, You know how he kidded. He was kidding with me. You call me Tramp or Champ? I said, Champ. <laughs> and, uh, but he changed his religion, remember? Mm-hmm. From over to the Islam religion. He believed in Allah. He believed that. He obviously, evidently, really had a true belief in Allah. But you see, there are many people today out there who believe and have maybe a sincere Faith in their eyes, but it's not faith in the true God. And it will all be to naught naught because Jesus is the only way.
1: The words that
0: are spoken and will be, if something doesn't change in those kindergartens' lives in Washington State, words have a powerful influence on us. I was watching a testimony about some changed lives. A youth minister was on the streets in a city in this country. And he and a group go out and evangelize people on the streets. And evidently God had given them a word uh, to be able to go up and speak to this this young lady. And uh, there was something, a word, probably a word of knowledge or something was given. And they went up to uh, talk to her about Jesus. And she said, I don't want anything to do with your Jesus because I'm a lesbian. And so they began to talk to her about it. And to come find out, she did not start out that way, but evidently some people had said, well, you know, you must be a lesbian. And they evidently continued to carry that on and on and on about you must be a lesbian and so forth and all. And eventually she said, well, I must be. And she gave in. And she obviously took up that lifestyle. They began to pray with her. She was open to that. I believe it was obviously God's favor. And they began to pray with her, talk to her over a period of time. And as it turned out, the words of truth came in, and I may use the word, reversed the false words that had come in, the lies that had come into her life. where she turned around and finally said, I'm not a lesbian. This is not right. And she said, I've got to call my significant other and tell her and break this off. I'm not a lesbian. You see today, there are people today that are born and they hear this. Maybe they have sort of a, uh, a little bit of a bent this way or that way, not necessarily in masculine or feminine and so forth. And they begin to the people begin to tell them, well, you must be homosexual or you must be gay or you must be this and so forth or whatever different circumstances it may be. And they begin to believe a lie. Why? It's because what Jerry Louthan has talked about in Sunday school on a continual basis is God turns us over to a depraved mind because they suppress the truth. Because we know that what the devil does is continue to propagate a lie straight from the pit of hell and people's lives today. Don't believe one word of it because the liberal media will tell you, well, these people are born that way. They're not born that way. It is a spiritual issue. And they have believed a lie. God made us feel female and male. And we see society going along and you believe it because people today say, well, yeah, we're to love the sinner, but we're to hate the sin. We don't hate people, we love people. And just like that group going out and ministering to these people on the streets, others came also that they obviously work with. And I know there's certain possibly giftedness to be able to do this too, but let me tell you today, what has happened in our churches today is we have not believed the purity of God's word. We have strayed from the pure doctrine, the pure word of God. And we say, this must be so. The news is saying it. People are saying it. Culture is saying it. And all along, they're hearing the clink of the hammers building that boat. And they're saying, no, I don't believe the truth. And I reject the truth. But you see, some will come to salvation some will come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in closing look at second samuel chapter 5 and i'll close with this second samuel chapter 5 i believe this is a period of time that we're in second samuel old t old testament Chapter 5, verse 17. Look at what he says. It's about David. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they all went in search of David. But he heard about it and he went down to the stronghold. And so the Philistines came and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And then David inquired of the Lord. He asked the Lord, Should I go to war against the Philistines? And will you hand them over to me? And the Lord replied to David, Go, for I will certainly hand the Philistines over to you. And so David went to Baal-perazim and defeated them there and said, Like a bursting flood, the Lord has burst out against my enemies before me. Therefore, he named the place The Lord burst out. Or another translation is the God of the breakthrough. The Philistines abandoned their idols there and David and his men carried them off. Okay. The setting is this has been 30 years, 30 years after David was anointed by Samuel. And he had been obviously uh, chased by Saul, and he had gone through all types of hardships. And so, God is giving David a breakthrough. In your life and my life, there are times when God will give you a breakthrough. Maybe today you're looking for that breakthrough. Maybe you've been through some really tough challenges and, and you're like, Lord, is this ever going to stop? And then the God, Baal Perizim, the God of the breakthrough, the God who bursts forth all of a sudden, he comes in. It's like a breath of fresh air. It may be answered prayer, it may be somebody you're praying for for salvation. It may be in your own life. You just need a breakthrough. Do you need a breakthrough today? Believe God. Because he's the God of the breakthrough. It may be somebody you, you know you want saved. Lots of families. I believe we're in a season of time when the God of the breakthrough is doing and will continue to do great and magnificent things if we just have faith and we will trust him. Whatever it may be. It may be the burden of your heart this day that somebody is going the complete opposite of what you know is the right way to go. And God just burst in and gives you a breakthrough. Isn't that good news? Baal Perazine, God of The God of breakthroughs. He's ha- it's happening. When there's pressure all around you, okay, there is, isn't it? There's pressure in the church. There's pressure today in society culture. But what happens is, is just at the right time, when there's pressures like that, what that means is, God's getting ready to bring change. Amen? God's getting ready to bring change. Have you had pressures all around you? Have you kind of felt just that, man, everything is coming in on me? Mm -hmm. It seems like it's just getting harder and harder to be able to, to get and trudge through this and so forth. Let me tell you, you're at a good place, and I am also. Because God's getting ready to break through and there's getting ready to be change take place. I've told you. God said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? He's doing it new here at Lighthouse Fellowship. He's doing it in my life. He's doing it in your life. Have faith in who our God is. You believe he's Jehovah Rapha, don't you? You believe he's Jehovah uh, Shalom. You believe he's Jehovah to All his names mean something. Peace and the Lord will provide. The Lord is our healer. The Lord is our banner. The Lord is our righteousness. You believe that. He doesn't change that. And he doesn't change this either. He is the God of the breakthrough. If you're looking for a breakthrough for somebody or maybe yourself today. Today may be the day. Tomorrow may be the day. Have faith. In our God, He's up to great and mighty things. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your Word, Your truth. Thank You that You work in our lives. And Lord, You're the God who changes our hearts and lives. You make us more like Jesus. We just, Lord, surrender. We want You, Lord. Pray everybody here that knows Jesus. And Lord, it may be that someone here, or maybe many, need a breakthrough. God, You're the God of the breakthrough. And we thank you today. These things are happening. And by faith, just like Noah, we're here the hammers chink on, knock, knocking on the wood, putting that boat together because we believe the time is short. Help us, Lord, also open the doors of our hearts. Also, Lord, that, that people would be able to see Jesus within us and want to come into the ark. The only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen.